You're listening to Infertility Bites. This is a catharsis podcast. Infertility bites, but it bites a bit less when you're not alone. My name is Casey, and as always, I'm blessed to be joined by my co-captain in this journey, my wife, Sarah. Hello. On this series, we're going to talk about our experiences dealing with infertility. Uh, It's important to note that we are not doctors or even, air quotes, experts. We're just people who understand how difficult it can be and how lonely it can be. Each person's journey is unique, like a fingerprint, so it's best to leave the medicine to the professionals. Previously on this, we've talked about our troubles getting answers in our hometown of Kearney, um, eventually getting referred to a specialist here in Omaha, and then figuring out how to pay for it. This time, I kind of want to talk about things that we weren't prepared for, like things that we weren't told ahead of time. Um, kind of the biggest one, I'm, I think I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, uh, I don't think anyone really tells you in a way that you know, you fully understand how fast things can move sometimes. Yeah, that definitely, that's how it was for us because we were... We had our first appointment in early February with Dr. Delaney, and by end of May, we were doing our second, they were implanting me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to me, that's fast, considering yes. we've been trying for and, seven, eight years. And yes, I fully understand that for a lot of people, it might not move quite that fast. We were fortunate enough to have a diagnos- diagnosis that was relatively easy for them to come up with a plan we didn't since we'd already done six years of other stuff we didn't suffer a whole lot of hurdles in that yeah um i have a feeling that would have been if we'd have been just a year into trying i think they would have probably been like let's do this and this first so like i said our ages definitely played into it a bit uh, I'm, I'm especially my age and not saying that I'm ancient by any means, but at the time of this, uh, I was 38 and, um, I, I have a feeling that the doctor kind of was like, let's, let's not mess around too much. Let's get straight to it. Um, but it, it, it's not even the total length of stuff going so fast. It's when things start going, they go fast. Right. You might be doing testing for months, um, doing shots for months. And then suddenly when they decide the time is right, they're like, you know, we doing an ultrasound. We see you've got enough developed follicles uh, for for us to to do this. We're going to give you the trigger shot. We're going to uh, then since we were doing IVF, of course, they did an egg retrieval. Um, oh. and, and then the, 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 um, semen sample for me and then, you know, the fertilization and then boom, 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 checking the, the results of it. Okay. We've got ones that we think we can implant. So here's your appointment on this day. And it was five days or six days after five, so five days after the egg retrieval. Uh, and, and then it's, you know, no, no flexibility in that. It's like, here, here's what happens. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and hardly a chance to sit back and like really process what was going on. Yeah. And And that's so that's why last week's episode was all about finances because 
you have to have that kind of figured out because yeah like Casey's saying it was just I mean even I look back now and I'm thinking my gosh I mean that it just I'm thrilled that it went as smoothly as it did but I mean it was super fast when you look back and it, it just non-stop and then when you finally have a chance to breathe you've got now the worry did it work oh um, yeah and and that's another thing to kind of talk about i don't know if anyone really truly prepared me for the the stress of did it work don't get me wrong for 6 years we tried and we had plenty of stress of Sarah's late. Time to take a pregnancy test. Is it positive? Wait for the, the two minutes, two minutes or three minutes or five minutes, depending Whatever on the test. Is. You know, uh, and and then see the the negative result. Uh, but none of those times are quite the same as having a medical procedure where eggs are implanted in you. And then having to wait for two weeks to find out the results of it. Yeah. The the stress of that, because people not familiar with the way IVF has to go, or even IUI, we like I said before, we didn't have to do IUI. They hotshotted us straight to IVF. Um, I've said before, I'm very thankful that they did that. I do agree with their assessment that in our situation, I feel like we would have just wasted money with IUIs. And hotshotting us straight to IVF gave us the best shot of having our little baby girl. Uh, so, so we didn't have to do with that, but it's the same sort of thing with IUI. You still have that two-week wait afterwards where you had this medical procedure... And now you have to wait to find out if it was successful. But people who aren't familiar with this don't realize that. And so Sarah was getting questions at work from coworkers yeah. as soon as the first day she was back to work after the procedure. Yeah, people just assumed, oh, that they put the egg inside you so you're pregnant. No, I mean, I mean, I did, we didn't know, and that's the thing. Or people would say, "Oh, do you feel different?" I mean, it was kind of jokingly, but it also was just. I mean, I don't. Very few people probably can truly understand how just stressed I was, and then you didn't want to be too stressed because that's never good for anything. So, but yeah, no, yeah, it didn't help. I mean, and I, I get it. People at work were very curious because by the time I got done and once we'd had Stella I became like people came up to me about random questions so you know it I was fine I could be a, a teacher in that ex, you know in that experience because people just I think everyone just assumed it was a turkey base no one actually knew that there was other procedures you could get done and mm-hmm. but yeah and, and that's kind of the thing is the stress of that weight um, but even more the thing that no one really tells you about ahead of time Um, Only other people who've gone through it can truly understand that stress doesn't go away after the two-week wait. That stress doesn't go away after month one or month two or the end of your first trimester or, you know, end of your second trimester. When you've 
experienced so much hardship getting pregnant, the stress and worry does not go away for most of the pregnancy. And again, Sarah and I were in the fortunate side. We didn't suffer, at least knowingly suffer, miscarriages. Um, there's, there's every chance that one of those times when Sarah was late, uh, when she finally got her period, it was technically a silent miscarriage. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, we literally have no way to know. We don't knowingly know that we'd ever suffered a miscarriage but in six years of trying there's every chance that one of those times started to take and then failed so but a lot of people go through miscarriage after miscarriage uh and and for them i can't even imagine how much even more stressful it would be because for us the almost the entire nine months was stress yeah of is this going to happen is this going to happen is something going to suddenly take this all away from us well i think i'd even mentioned in a previous episode where i didn't want to shop for baby stuff mm-hmm. until i mean we'd be walking and i'd be back three months along and casey would be like do you want to go look and i'd be like no no it's too early i want to say around six months seven months about six months, I think you you finally decided. I would that walk it was in, and okay we would just kind it. of look, but not to get, you know, too excited because, yeah, I mean, and of course, I am, I'm kind of a pessimistic, pessimistic. Yes, I always think of the negatives first. So for me, it was just a very stressful time, and. I mean, people really would be like, are you just not excited? Because after we found out we officially that we got the word from the doctors from two different tests that we were pregnant and people were like, oh, you're just not as super excited. I'm like, because there's so many things that could go wrong. And this was kind of our one shot. I mean, it's not like we're every Joe Schmo that, oh, well, we, you know, we lose this baby and three months we'll try again and we'll get pregnant right away. I mean, that just wasn't an option for us. So it's a very different, surreal feeling that, I mean, millions of people experience. They just feel like you're, you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing is, is, you know, you feel so alone through this entire procedure that even knowing that what we know now, that millions of people in America every year deal with this, you feel so alone. Um, and that, the the stress just doesn't seem to go away. And, you know, both Sarah and I are members of a couple different infertility, uh, forums on Facebook. Um, and that's the reoccurring thing that I hear from a lot of people, um, is that just constantly fear that it's going to go south. Doesn't matter whether they're, they're waiting for their first, uh, test after their procedure or whether they're two months along, every little thing causes extra stress. I was, uh, okay, we don't, I probably don't rec- really recommend this, but we bought a heart mom- monitor, not a baby heart monitor. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like I, I do recommend it, well, personally, but a lot of doctors do say be careful. Well, I should say it. maybe a higher end. We didn't get like the super nicest one, but I remember there was one time when had to be at least eight months along and 
we could hear the heartbeat. It was really faint. And then it just kind of went away. And I mean, me and Casey just kind of looked at each other and there was just literally panic and fear. And we were like two days away from our next appointment. And we're just like, okay, this doesn't mean anything. But I mean, I, I remember going to bed thinking, was that it? Was that, was that my baby's last heartbeat? I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. we, we kept trying to find another heartbeat and we weren't successful. Yes. There, there are, there's benefits and cons to buying one of these. Like Sarah said, it wasn't the most expensive one. Um, it wasn't super nice, uh, but I think it did the job. However, and doctors will tell you this, that uh, our untrained ears aren't. Yeah good enough to know what to listen for so it's easy for us as as protective wannabe parents to try to analyze the sounds that we hear in ways that aren't clinically diagnostic um so if you do get a heartbeat monitor um fetal heartbeat recorder any of those things just keep in mind that what you're he- what you're getting it for is the comfort of hearing a heartbeat, but also know that there are a lot of things that can play into whether you can hear a heartbeat, and these consumer grade things aren't yeah. strong enough to get in there and hear heartbeats at every time. Yeah. Uh, you you sometimes have to push really hard and push around to find a place for it, and if baby decides to roll over on her back or her side or stick her butt in the air at the time that you're doing it, then suddenly you don't get a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, but that plays into the worry, you know. Uh, I really didn't talk too much with Sarah about this, um, but I know she's aware of it. But I have a brother who, um, her, him and his wife uh, suffered a loss of a baby pretty far along in the pregnancy um, due to no fault of anyone's, due to... Uh, just bad luck, effectively. And um, the entire pregnancy in my brain was, this could happen to our baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, not saying that other parents don't worry about it, but when you've, when you've invested $25,000 in... The hopes. The hopes of having a baby that constant fear of will this just go away on us because we talked about how we financed it and 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 taking out a second mortgage on our house there was no option for third mortgage there was our one shot at at doing this and if it was unsuccessful it was going to be a long time before we could afford to even do a frozen embryo transfer, which are cheaper than straight IVF, but they're still thousands of dollars that we weren't sure we could justify again, right? So, So there's that, you know. The worry continues for the entire pregnancy. No matter how many appointments you have where the doctor says everything looks great, no matter how many ultrasound pictures that you come home with um, that show, you know, here's, here's their features, here there's looking at you smiling, or whatever. The, the worry stays, and it, no one really talks about it in advance. No one tells you that. Um, 
and and so it's it's definitely something to be prepared for if you are in the early stages of fertility treatment um just do understand it's normal to be worried yeah it is normal you are your best advocate and if you feel extreme stress about something if you feel like something's off then talk to your doctor about it period right don't don't ever worry that you're bugging your doctor yeah um if you feel like something's off with the baby call your doctor Uh, it's normal to be stressed about this and this is something you worked harder than most have had to and so understand that you're gonna be worried um but if everything goes right the worry will be worth it another thing that uh i wasn't prepared for ahead of time and i'll put this out there to to other people be prepared in your circle of friends to suddenly become the infertility expert (laughs) uh where where everyone comes up people you hardly knew will come up and and ask you about infertility and ask you about this and that um because so many people suffer through it silently that it the knowledge of it's just not out there and like sarah said a lot of people think the turkey baster method is is the way that it is and so no matter what you tell them that you're going through until you explain to them how scientific the procedures are because even iui it's jokingly called the turkey baster method but it is way more Mm, yeah still have shots you still do things yeah way more in depth than than just a turkey baster right um even even surrogacy even if the infertility is not uh caused by the the person right say say it's a same-sex cult couple um or or a a a couple where the woman can't bear a child so they go through a surrogate um in any of those situations right it's still more complex than just here we're gonna squirt some semen into the girl and she'll get pregnant that's what people think is what happens but that's not what happens um and you know to be perfectly honest i'd I'd love to at some point on this uh hear from someone out there who either is dealing with being a surrogate themselves or going through surrogacy for their um own baby uh we so far have not had any tales of surrogacy whether it's same-sex couple whether it's uh female fertility or or hysterectomy something like that uh we haven't had one of those tales yet and i would really like to to kind of pick the brain of someone who's gone through that a bit and and hear what their story differs from everyone's because like i said every one of these stories is unique but that's a twist on it that we didn't have to experience for any reason um and so but it's way more complex than than what people just think it is and so suddenly you'll have people come up and start asking you some very personal questions um, that yeah. they would never have thought about asking you before they found out that you were dealing with fertility. 
And so just be prepared. You know, once it's out there and people know that you're going through treatment for fertility, you will be the person people turn to with questions about it. Um, and and even people not going through fertility themselves uh, will just have questions like, oh my goodness, what's what's it like? Or like Sarah was saying, as soon as we had the procedure, they'll be like, oh, is it, is it successful? And then you have to explain to them that, well, this was just the egg retrieval, so we won't have the, yeah. the implantation until later this week. We have to let the eggs and, and everything. Once they're in develop. there, once, once the eggs are implanted, we still won't know if either of them took for at least two weeks. Um, so the, those are all things that people will ask you questions about. Um, don't be surprised by it. Don't be taken off guard by it embrace this because this is your chance to uh help other people realize how yeah how much more common this is than just broaden their horizons basically um, and both of us have told stories i think before on this uh we've mentioned it but both of us had people that we worked with that we might not have really even known very well at all had some conversations with but not really known known that once they found out what we were going through, uh, suddenly came up to us and confided yeah. in us that they were going through the same thing, yeah. but silently, that they hadn't come out publicly about it, that they were just taking it all internally. And and some of them were, were struggling even harder than we ended up. Uh, yeah. Sarah had a former co-worker who had multiple... Well, she, I mean, since I don't technically have her story, but I just, when we would talk, because once she found out about me, then it was, we just started talking all the time, but uh, she would become pregnant, but then it just like her body would then eventually just Mm -hmm. reject it. And, and for her, she was considerably older, uh, and so that, you know, didn't play. And same with her husband, because her husband was even older than her. And so, but just the things they went through. And they went through multiple places. Mm-hmm. And they eventually, and I, I, I mean, I'm glad I could share my story because she went through Methodist. And that's uh, where it did take, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But she also had to go through two things at Methodist. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even, I mean, and it's times like that when you're like, you know, that just shows you how much people truly, really want a baby. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how much it was. I mean, all I, I can guess how much it was close to around at Methodist because we went through Methodist. But I don't know about the other place, how much they charged. I mean, mm-hmm. Luckily for her, she's got a wonderful story, wonderful yes. ending. She does have a wonderful ending to it, although not without its own oh, uh, no. trials and tribulations. And so maybe someday she'll she'll bless us with the ability to tell her tale. Um, but but yeah, be be prepared to once other people know what you're going through, um, which we've mentioned before for us. It was very public because we did do a GoFundMe. So everyone on our friends list on Facebook knew about it. Everyone that we worked with 
ended up knowing about it. It was a very public thing. It's not like it was in the paper or anything. Basically, everyone we knew knew about it. Might as well have been. Yeah, like, might as well have been the size of our town. But, but so it became this where basically everyone came and asked us whether they were just curious or whether they were going through. I said I had a coworker who was going through um, very similar to us. Very similar situation. Her husband's older than her, um, and so on and so forth. And they were having a lot of trouble conceiving. And they were, you know, they came to me and started talking about it. And, you know, uh, our story helped inspire them to uh, talk to more doctors and all this. And in the end, they didn't end up needing to have medical procedure. They ended up having a baby naturally and actually have since had another baby so but just i think knowing someone else who had gone through it that they could talk to about it uh maybe even just helped them relax enough about things that that nature was able to work um but just be prepared because people will have a lot of questions for you about it and then maybe a final thing. I don't know. Maybe we'll come up with more things after I talk about this one. But a final thing I don't think anyone tells you, anyone prepares you for, is the desire is not going to go away if it's successful. Right? Sarah and I have our beautiful, wonderful, perfect little angel baby. Um, perfect little angel baby who threw an absolute fit trying to go to bed tonight and did not want to go to nope. bed. Nope. Oh. But she's still our perfect angel. And we, we have a success story about it. But that doesn't mean we we're done, that the desire has gone away. We want to try again. We would love to try again. Right now, financially, it's not in the cards. Yeah. Down the road, maybe finances will change. Maybe we'll do another GoFundMe. Maybe we'll do something else to try again. But at the moment, financially wise, it's not in the cards for us. But that doesn't change the fact of how much we want one. Yeah. Um, and so just even with success doesn't doesn't necessarily change things. Um, and that's something that they don't talk about is it's not like you get your magic baby and and then suddenly all the worry and all the yeah. stress and all of the the stuff that led you to be so stressed out about not having a baby goes away. It's just replaced. um, It's just augmented with more stress about how to raise a baby and then also still wanting a baby. Um, And so it's, it's kind of crazy, but they don't really talk about it. Like future planning. There's never a point in this where they're like, Hey, after this is successful, what's next? <laughs> yeah. They always just, they're just focusing on getting this to be successful. What happens next is going to be the next decision for you guys. So, but just understand this is, this is a journey. At times it's a sprint and at times it's a marathon, but you're not going through it alone and millions of people are dealing with it. And you always have people to turn to and find a support community whether it's on facebook or or twitter or you know some other thing tiktok find a support community find a group of people that you can talk to about it um you know you can always message 
us through Infertility Bites on Facebook, and we will respond. Yes. And we will send send baby dust vibes to you um, because we want everyone to be successful. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's truly what it comes down to. I mean, just want people to have the same feeling that we have. Yes. And so... And, and that's that's the purpose of this podcast is to help other people know that they're they're not alone and they've got a support system and I mean we can recommend you to some of the support systems that uh, we are members of on Facebook um, and we can talk to you about it we'll have more than happy to be an ear for you to, to lean on shoulder for you to lean on an ear to listen that's the way this saying goes I guess um I don't know. But uh, but I did think of one more thing that no one prepares you for. And this is this is getting into a little darker territory. But no one prepares you before when you're talking about infertility and, and all that stuff. No one prepares you for abortion talk. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that was one of the first. One of the very first meetings you will right. likely have with a fertility specialist. Whether you're do, talking about IUI or IVF or, or any of that, is they will likely talk to you about... Because you are their patient, so yes. you're their priority. And and this might not go for every hospital or every doctor. That's true. Um, if, if you're going through a religious organization, they probably won't talk about this specifically. But, but they did specifically talk to us about it. Where they said, if uh, I mean that we need to be prepared to make some tough choices potentially, if for whatever reason we have multiples uh, and there's a health problem with one of them, um, we might have to make the decision to yeah. end one of the pregnancies so that the other one can survive, or the other two, or whatever. Um, well, yeah, if, most of these were about having if, more than like than two kids like if you were pregnant with four or five yeah. um if the health of the mother was was in danger purely from the baby or multiple babies you know we had to be prepared to make these tough decisions and they flat out said if you're not ready to make that decision then maybe this isn't for you and looking back now I don't know if I would have been able to make that decision. I don't know if I would have either. Because, um, I mean, it it's easy to say, oh, yeah, no, totally, yeah, I'll, I'll make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it would have come to that, that would have been a very, uh, I, I, I don't even, my heart goes out to people that ever would have to make that decision. Yes. Um, but it did kind of take me off guard because yes. when, when you're in this whole thought process of fertility, 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 how do we have a baby? You don't expect there to be a conversation about not having the baby. And a lot of it was with the IUI because people assumed with IVF that that's where the, the multiples came in. But really... It's the IUIs that you're, most common, yeah. that is most common is to have multiples. And so that's one thing people kept coming up to me. They're like, oh, are you going to have like five babies? I'm like, nope, that'd be IUIs. That's not IVF. Yeah. IVF, I, I mean, you can. There's a chance. It's here, just here's the deal not is, as likely. Is. So grand scheme of things, IVF, 
they implant one or two. I don't know of too many clinics that do more than two potential. A lot of them only want to do one at a time. Uh, but they implant one or two uh, fertilized eggs and uh, hope that one of them takes. There is always a chance that either both of them take or that uh, one of them takes and twins or both of them take and twins or triplets, you know. So there is always a chance, but it's not drastically higher yeah, than, than standard chances. chances. Um, it's a little higher, but not a lot higher. But IUI, because yeah. what with IUI's whole deal is to uh, stimulate production of eggs and then stimulate the releasing of eggs and then introduce the, the semen where they have the best shot of fertilizing the eggs. You don't have control over how many eggs are dropped. Um, in fact, they try to make you drop as many eggs as possible just to make it as, as successful as possible. So there's a good chance that more than one egg fertilizes. And that's where chances of twinning goes up. Now, again, it's it's not like it used to be. 30 years ago, uh, these procedures, cutting edge at the time, were way more likely to produce multiples than they are today. But it still is a chance. Um, but that's why I say it was it's one of those things that... Yeah, they don't tell you about in advance. They don't, like, warn you. By the way, you're going to talk about abortion in this. It's just kind of brought up that, you know, you might have to make this call. And so you don't think to expect it because you're thinking all about the positive sides. And suddenly you have to confront dark stuff. But um, I kind of appreciate it. I mean, and I, yeah, we can only speak for Methodists, but their honesty, even just about the percentage of, you know, success rates there. And just because I think, what was it, 60%? They said that with, with our conditions, uh, they were averaging close to 60% success so, I mean, rate. That's still, I mean, if you, yeah. still 40% of people, it does not succeed, which is still a lot of, that's, you know. I, I always say if, if you were in Vegas... And you had $25,000 and you could put it all on a spin of a wheel. And there were 100 openings on the wheel and 40 of them, you got to win your money back plus some extra money. Or 60 of them, you got to win your money back plus some extra money. But 40 of them, you lost all your money. Most people wouldn't really yeah. take that bet, even though it's slightly in your favor. They'd still say, eh, it's it's not worth it. I, I'm losing $25,000 on a single spin. And that's what we had to do with this. And so, uh, but no, I 100% agree. I, Methodists being honest up front and, and I, I'm much happier with them uh, presenting this as a, as a rare but potential thing that we might have to deal with. Um in advance rather than just hot shotting through it and ignoring it and then potentially blindsiding us with hey there's a problem you need to make a decision about abortion right now yeah without us being advised about it in advance um 
so so there's that I, I give them a lot of credit but just keep in mind uh, that there's a there's a good chance that you'll have to at some point confront that um, usually relatively early on now there's an advantage that you can have especially if you're going through IVF called uh, pre-genetic implantation screen pre-genetic screen I gotta remember what it's called um, where where they they can screen the parents for certain genetic conditions um, and and based on the results of that they can know chances of certain things like spina bifida um, and in our case we had Sarah screened first and because she came back not carrying uh, any of the the markers for any of the major conditions they were screening for they knew they didn't have to screen me because even if I was a carrier of them we wouldn't we wouldn't have a child with it oh at worst they would be a carrier um but you know knowing in advance there's a lot of things they can now do if yeah. if we had both came back as carriers of spina bifida or something like that they would know that there's further genetic testing that they could do on the eggs and and all that stuff to make sure that that gene wasn't being passed on um, because that's that's a dangerous thing and yeah. and something you don't want to deal with so um, but yeah I mean that's a thing that they I just wasn't prepared for and no one warned me about it no. so. but we would like to hear from you guys if you have something that in your journey you were not prepared for, um, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash infertility bites or our Gmail infertility bites podcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, infertility pod on Twitter. So hit us up on any of those. Our DMs are open. Our messages are open on Facebook. Send us a message and let us know what you were not prepared for on your journey because I'm sure we've only scratched the surface of the things that people weren't told about before they started Yeah, and uh, we'd like to hear from you we'll update on a future podcast anything that we've heard um, we got a story to tell tonight of another person this is kind of an interesting one because she is from fairly far away from us uh, it shows uh, the reach of the podcast so far, and uh, I'm really excited from this. Um, her name is Marina, and she's from Croatia. Ooh, hi, Marina. Yeah, so quite a ways away from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, Marina has a blog where she she talks a lot about this, so she's already f fully capable of telling her own tale. So it's a short story for us. But it's a long story for her. Um, they've been trying for a long time. They tried for five years before they were able to get their first baby and another two before they were able to get their second baby. So they've been successful twice, but it was not an easy procedure. Um, she actually has a blog, like I mentioned. It's a mum2mum.com. You can go there and uh, she's got a bunch of posts about it. Um so you can read her blog posts about her two magical IVF and ICSI girls. 
Um, you can go to mumtomum.com and read them. I'm going to have the links to the exact blog posts where she talks about each of these uh, things. Uh, but uh, it's a wonderful story uh, from Croatia that does have some hiccups that, you know, uh, we're not used to here and and some wonderful things because in Croatia it's covered apparently wow, so that's awesome um, so her her treatments weren't mortgage inducing like ours were um, I always ask the question have you encountered anything that made you feel alone overwhelmed or anything during the way and she says uh, what made her feel alone is that no one knew what we were going through so sometimes she did feel lonely and judgmental from others saying, what are you waiting for? That one was the worst. And I think everyone listening can probably yes. agree that they've heard at least one point. Yeah, you're not getting say, any younger. You're not getting any younger. What are you waiting for? Do you just not want to have kids? Uh, those are all horrible. And, and so I agree there. Um, for her... Partner was the most supportive, constantly positive, supportive, and a smile on his face. So, um, I think that's a that's a reoccurring theme that we've seen here is that while it's the woman who goes through the brunt of this, having a supportive partner or a supportive parent, um, someone to lean on during this is very important. So, if you have a supportive partner or or a supportive parent, um, thank them. For or being a friend supportive, or even just a friend yes someone who you can lean on and, and help that's very important um she says she's so proud she has her two girls but her journey has come to an end um you can read all about the reasons on her blog um but she does feel like she needs to pass on her story and support others she remembers how much it meant to her to have the support of others and she wants to be a part of that for others now oh uh, her advice for others is just go for it and don't look back. Every failure makes you stronger, so don't wait after one happens. Just move on. And I think that's uh, a very important kind of thought process on this. It's very easy to get overwhelmed and, and pessimistic um, during this process. Uh, you have failures. Uh, we have ton of failures sarah and i had six years of of negative pregnancy results um and it's really easy to get discouraged and and yeah. shut up. now i'm not saying don't take a break if you're really feeling like it i'm saying you know your bodies and all of that but you know get back on the horse and keep going uh if at first you don't succeed on our facebook page um I have a little motto up on our, our picture that says, forget failures. And I think that's that's kind of an important thing with this is that you're going to have setbacks and you're going to have, have failures, um, but you have to kind of forget them and focus on the goal, focus on the, the desire to, to get to that happy ending. Um, unfortunately, not everyone gets to it, but yeah. you can't let the failures stop you. And, you know, at some point, you maybe change paths. Maybe instead of going through IVF another round, you start looking into adoptions or even just fostering a kid. Yeah. 
Um, or you, you look into finding a different doctor, maybe a different clinic would be a better fit for you. Uh, we, we find a, we, a lot of people on the forums that we're on who say, you know, after three rounds with blah, blah clinic, we decided to go with XYZ clinic instead. Uh, and we were successful or maybe we weren't successful, but we feel better about it and, and we're going to go back there again. So... So just keep trying and uh you know if, if you if you kind of forget the failures and you keep going and keep rolling with it i think good things will come to most of you and reach out and have support and talk about it and be open about it um i yeah i've said that my opinion is going through things alone is the hardest part about this. And so being open about it helps not just you, but everyone else through it. So talk yeah. about it with your friends and family. And if you don't feel comfortable talking about it with your friends and family, talk about it with, with us. Talk about it with a group on Facebook or, or Twitter or yeah. uh, create a, create a, you know, your own private Twitter or TikTok that no one knows about and talk about it on there um, or start your own podcast and talk about it there um, because getting it out there and, and getting it off your chest I think is is about the best remedy for a lot of problems with this yeah it um, can be a big just weight lifted off you a very very big weight so um, but I think I think that's going to kind of bring us to the end of this week. Uh, like I said, let us know anything that you weren't prepared for in your journey. Uh, I'd love to, to come back next week and talk about, oh, so-and-so said they weren't prepared for this. Um, it'd be great <laughs> yeah. to have an entire episode where we're just reading your own, your own things that you weren't prepared for. But um, like I say, we have Facebook facebook.com slash infertility bites we have twitter at infertility pod um so you can find us on either of those uh we've got a a flow page that has links to everything uh so it's flow.page slash infertility bites has links to all the places you can listen to this our facebook our twitter our submission um page all of that right there because this show only works when listeners submit their stories listeners like a mum to mum from croatia yeah you know getting her getting marina to submit is what makes this show go so um you can submit it through the submission on that flow page it's also up on the facebook page it's also up on twitter uh, easy to find and if you can't find it just message us and I'll send you the link um, but it only really works when other people submit their stories eventually we hope to have this set up where we can take uh, callers actually on the air or at the very least interview people so it's not uh, just us telling their story but them telling their story to you uh, we just don't currently have the equipment set up in a way that we can do that but yeah uh, if you are enjoying this show, a review of it on whatever platform you listen to it would be really great. They really help other people find this show. Uh, Apple, uh, uh, the largest 
their algorithm really takes positive reviews into consideration. So if you enjoy the show and you think other people could get benefit from it, please hop on to whatever platform you use and leave a like and a review of it there that helps us out everything. And if you are comfortable sharing this on your social media, that is the uh, best way to support this podcast oh, yeah. is just sending out a Facebook post or a tweet saying, hey, I've been listening to this podcast and I really love it. Um, that's the best way to support us. And it takes uh, 30 seconds and costs you zero dollars. So uh, we would appreciate that so much. I understand if you're not ready to to share your infertility journey with other people on your Facebook or your Twitter. I get it. But if you are comfortable, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, but for now, I think we're going to wrap things up for the week. Uh, as always, sending baby dust in every direction for everyone listening. Yeah. Um, good vibes, prayers, good thoughts. Vibes. Thoughts, prayers, whatever whatever you'd prefer to get from us you're going to get from us um we hope everyone uh gets the the babies of their dreams um but thanks for listening as always we'd like to uh, let our little scientific miracle send us off with some love and kisses so thanks for listening and we will see you soon okay bye i love you hello hello bye 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 Mwah!